Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. The biggest pro football overlays in Vegas are back with $12 million in guaranteed prizes only at Circa Sports. With two ways to win and no rate. Circa Million with quarterly payouts and 100% payback. And Circa Survivor. Select one team each week with no point spread. Take in the big money with $12 million in guaranteed prizes. Enter in Vegas. Play from anywhere. Visit CircaSports.com for details. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hello and welcome to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California, 98.5 The Fam in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 760 in Hawaii. And every Friday on the Sports Map Radio Network, Arash Markazi is not here today. Just Armani Buckets and Brandon Deutsch. We're here with you to provide you great sports content, great conversation. Glad all of y'all are listening. How are we doing today, Armani? It is strange to be here just us two. I don't think we've done that before. No Arash, no Jihei. I think Jihei's ducking us after last yeah. night's Giants performance because that was abysmal by her Giants. To give her credit, she did not believe in them going into the game. She mm-hmm. told me she thought they were, they were going to lose. So I give her credit for calling it. But it's still, I think she's a little bit maybe a little bit embarrassed by her team last night. That was I don't I wouldn't be embarrassed. I mean, I thought this team would win 5 games. Looks like they might win 7 or 8, you know? Like this is a better team than anybody expected. Dable's doing a great job as head coach. The Cowboys are not legit. I'll be honest with you, I didn't watch much of this game because it just I can't watch um, offenses that don't do much for me. No offense. I mean, like the Cowboys, they are depleted with injuries. The Giants just have Saquon. Sterling Shepard got hurt. They're yeah. throwing it to Rick, Richie James. I mean, did you see the Sterling Shepard play? That I looked did. Bad. It did look bad. Ugh. It sucks, right? Um, oh man, it's just so sad because he's such a talented receiver. And then Tony didn't play. Obviously, something's going on with him injury-wise. He's always seems to be injured, missing missing a ton of weeks. But he's their best receiver when he plays. Daniel Jones had to rely on Saquon, and hats off to Saquon. He played really well. The defense played well, but Cowboys, Cooper Rush, man, he's looked better than I thought he was the past couple weeks. couple more of those games, and we're going to start to hear the you-know-whats, the, oh, should he be playing over Dak? He's not like, he's a game manager, but he's managing the game well. Look, look, I wish we had that performance on the Niners instead of Jimmy Garoppolo against the Denver Broncos. Uh, Credit, though. Glad Jimmy got that safety because it would have been a pick six the other night. That is uh, true. <laughs> he had three turnovers. Cooper Rush has looked better than I expected. I used to call him the worst backup in the league. Man, he's probably the best backup in the league right he, now. He's serviceable. There was a moment in the game where they had a hot mic and you could hear like uh, his teammates in the huddle. And I we can't repeat some of the obscenities, but they were like... I was surprised. Maybe that's just normal NFL talk, but they were like, let's get it, Coop. Let's get like they like yeah, they clearly believe in him. They love him. So I, I like surprised. that he's getting Noah Brown involved. I still wasn't impressed with Zeke with the touchdown. Tony Pollard had like 13 carries for 105 yards. Meanwhile, Zeke had 13 for 70 five with the touchdown yeah. right so tony pollard i feel like is the lead back i truly believe he's more talented he's more involved in the passing game although elliot had more yardage in the passing game yesterday that's just a, a an anomaly that doesn't usually happen right it's an outlier but um i'm not excited to see either of these teams play again i'm glad that monday night football game is over and we're thursday night we got a game we got a game we thursday do night have a game uh, we'll see what the dolphins are made of on thursday i'm really I just, excited I just, uh, that's unfair for me to say we'll see what they're made of but 
I'm not. I mean, yet I sold. predicted they'd win ten games before the season, but it's looking like that might be an understatement. Jalen Waddle, I said on my podcast weeks before the season that he's going to take a Justin Jefferson type of ascension, and people called me crazy. And I said, look, he had two as his quarterback, no Tyree Kill, a thousand receiving yards his, his rookie year. That type of production, he's bound to get better with Tyree Kill taking pressure off him. Let's hope he plays. He's questionable for Thursday. I hope he plays because he's must see TV. So is Tyree Kill. Tua, um, don't think I think he's healthy. It might be listed as questionable, but he had that injury. Play, yeah, but he's going to play. Um, and then, man, this is just going to be a really good game. Aren't Bengals you excited for this? Bengals got to have it. Yeah, I, they have. To, Bengals have to win this game. Yeah, don't they? Yeah, I mean. <laughs> I was just listening to another podcast talking about week four must wins is a little premature, but it, is it premature? I mean, like, it, no, the Niners need to beat the Rams yeah. and the Bengals need to beat the Dolphins. Those are two teams that people expected to go to at least, you know, the playoffs and one in three starts for those teams would not be ideal. Okay, let's get to today's headlines brought to you by the Sporting Tribune. The Sporting Tribune is your go-to destination for the best coverage of your favorite teams in Southern California, Las Vegas, and Hawaii. No paywalls, no ads, no clickbait, no pop-ups, no autoplay videos, just your teams in a clean reading experience. Stop paying a subscription fee to watch your uh, commercial take over your screen. Visit thesportingtribune.com today. And one of the best writers on the Sporting Tribune, Brandon Deutsch, not biased at all. You can check out all of his articles, weekly fantasy football rankings, and other stuff and other great columnists uh, hitted Armani Buckets. The Lakers and Clippers both had their media days uh, yesterday. Arash was there. He was at the Lakers media in day and witnessed Patrick Beverly call Westbrook his best friend on the Lakers, that they were going to 6.30 a.m. workouts every day, and they're both, quote, alpha males. I like the confident confidence from Beverly, but Armani Buckets, if Patrick Beverly and Russell Westbrook are best friends on this team, I mean, this, this is this true? This can't be true. Well, first of all, I, I only saw the best friend part on the headline, and I didn't see the alpha male part. Is that true? Yeah, he said we're both. I, I, Arash posted this on his Twitter and on the Sporting Tribune Twitter, and he he was right there, Arash. Hats off to our, our boss, Arash, the best, our co-host, producer, one of the best in the industry, always getting that content right. But he had him right there, and Patrick Beverly was saying, yeah, we're both alpha male. Uh, we had our differences in the past, but like we've been working at 630 every day. We have both have something to prove this year. And I was like, man, I, I respect that. <laughs> I mean, David, was Davis at those workouts at 630 a.m.? Sounds like it was yeah. just Westbrook and him. Well, first of all, Pat Bev is the most unironically funny player maybe in the league. I love Who that, says man. that? Like, that is so We're funny. both alpha males <laughs> and we both have the same goal. I just love how the Lakers are wearing that chip, right? Yeah. That chip. And I see, love... Did you... I'm sorry to cut you yeah, off. Did yeah. you see what they said about the chip? Explain it to so our audience. Basically, um, they're wearing their practice gear, I believe, has the word chip for what you're describing. The chip on their shoulder, they literally engraved it on each yes, of their shirts. That's to great. Myself. I love that. And this is why, you know, Grant Mona has been telling me, oh, the Lakers are going to be a top five team in the West. I don't, I wouldn't say that far, but I do think the grid of this team, they're better defensively. Yes, obviously they don't have shooting. That's a big it. But, but like the 2019-2020 team didn't have shooting and they won a championship, right? So I think this is going to be a better Lakers team. I expect them to finish probably above the Timberwolves. I'd put them seventh right 
right now, sixth, sixth or seventh. Um, I think they can definitely get in there and do that. Um, but we, I think the biggest, the biggest takeaway from that is that Anthony Davis saying he has a chip on his shoulder and he wants to be that 1920 dominant Anthony Davis. And he seemed like he really meant it. And we saw the work he put in with Lethal Shooter in the offseason. We placed that bet, Armani Buckets, in Vegas in July. 60 to 1, we got those odds. Anthony Davis, MVP. It's looking like that could be a good bet. He probably doesn't win, but I think he's due for a big season. Health is the big issue. I completely agree. Um, I think that my biggest thing with yesterday's media day was just the way we'll see how how much playing time he gets we'll see if he comes off the bench but the way westbrook handled the media some of the tricky questions that were thrown his way i'm trying to put myself in russell westbrook's shoes it's not it's not a it's it's no um it's no surprise that people clearly don't think that he should be a part of this team to have to go through that for months for basically a whole year now people are saying get him out of here all this stuff the media included yeah listen rightfully so but to handle yourself with grace and professionalism and say all the right things and i really think just like you said with ad i really think westbrook means it it's making me more optimistic about this lakers season this team like the way that they're handling themselves professionally doesn't win you ball games, right? Doesn't no, win you games, no. but it's a step in the right direction. I it really is, think so. it is, and I, I was very impressed by. Look, the Lakers last year were a team that played with no heart, and that was the big thing Palenka addressed. And we can say all we want about Palenka not giving up the picks and whatnot. It's better for the long-term future of the Lakers that he didn't, right? He could still give one up, you know, by the deadline, but why would you sell Westbrook at his all-time low? He's bound for a better season. He seems bought in way more than last year, like you mentioned, Armani. And it's one of those things that this Lakers team, they're going to be a gritty team. Darvin Ham is their head coach, and look what he did with Giannis Antetokounmpo and his development on both ends of the floor in Milwaukee. I'm expecting him to translate that at least a little bit to Anthony Davis this year. And even the bigs he'll work with, Thomas Bryant, Damian Jones. Like This is going to be a very good defense defense team. And what about Phil Handy with the the kills, right? He's going to track kills, you know, three stops in a row defensively. I think Patrick Beverly is going to lead that category, but that's going to push these guys. And I want to see some more defense from LeBron James this year, don't you? Well, he he sounds like he's ready to play more defense i mean like you said they they keep mentioning this elite defense palinka said everything that they can do to improve the roster including trading two first round picks and also i was watching legacy the hulu laker show if you haven't seen it check it out it's good they were talking in the latest episode not to spoil anything but they were talking about the pau gasol trade back in the day and they were talking about genie bus specifically talking about how they had to keep it so under wraps and so low key because they knew that if other teams found out that they were basically flirting with the Grizzlies, that everybody was going to be like, don't do the trade with the Lakers. Don't trade with the Lakers. And I think that that's basically what Rob Palinka is insinuating. He said that we're waiting for that one deal. We have two assets left and we're waiting to capitalize and pounce at the right moment. I really think that when they do the trade, because I don't think it's a matter of if. I think it's a matter of when. I think we're kind of all going to be caught off guard at this point. I think it's going to really? be something. You think there? I, I personally think they keep Westbrook at least to the deadline, almost. I think I agree. I just think that like they're probably doing stuff that's so like under wraps that 
we do we don't even think of it like and i like that i like that the lakers are one of those like we're going to be the lakers we're not going to get um you know screwed over in a trade that we did with when we gave up all the picks for Westbrook, right? When we gave up all the picks for Davis and all the players for Westbrook, that that's not going to happen to us again. We're not going to bite on Indiana having to give two first round picks for them. I think they can get it if Westbrook has a better season. They pay half his contract, twenty one of his, you know, forty four million or whatever, forty seven million. They pay twenty four of it. By the trade deadline, they might only have to get one protected pick for Miles Turner and Buddy Heald. Like, yeah. Right? That's the kind of the mindset going into it. And yeah, we've heard about the Spurs deals with Richardson, who I think would be a miserable fit with the Lakers. <laughs> Richardson can't shoot threes, and he's not a good defender by any means. He's more of a mid-range scorer that's kind of a spark plug offensive guy. But his three-point shooting's been awful. You know, that's why the Celtics got rid of him. <laughs> he wasn't helping the team win. There's a reason why the Celtics got rid of him and they started winning. I know people say Schroeder, but Schroeder was actually really good for the Celtics last year he had a 40 point game and that's another huge addition for the lakers and they have options you're right about buckets though like by the deadline they can't have five point guards because austin reeves is virtually a point guard too right and kendrick nunn who we didn't even talk about cleared for contact that's huge for them that's a 38 percent three-point shooter who plays defense yeah that was a big one i think and I'm, I'm pulling this up now but i think that they confirmed yesterday darvin hand didn't he say that they view pat bev as a three and d wing and not a point guard which if that's true that clears up at least some of the log jam at the position i mean so it is you a have log none westbrook um and i and schroeder schroeder and reeves who's virtually a point guard yeah. And by the way, Reeves, um, they're asking him questions about starting. He handled it well. I, I really think that, you know, you've mentioned this multiple he's a, times. He's a championship he's, player. He's, he's, gonna he's be one of those guy. guys that, well, I mean, 30, 10, and 10. I know he was playing against the Nuggets okay. second unit, <laughs> but like 30, 10, and 10, this dude had a triple double when he was given the reins of the franchise. And I know it was against some, like, some bench players, but you know how hard it is to get 30, 10, and 10 in an NBA game? It is very difficult. <laughs> he, he definitely, the thing with, playing with the Lakers especially when you're so young and so new to the league it it has to be shocking if I'm in the corner right and I'm posting up for a three and I look across the court and I got Jack Nicholson and Denzel Washington and all these freaking A-list celebrities I would probably freeze up even if I'm a good three-point shooter when I first get into the league it would probably be an adjustment period for me to actually be able to shoot maybe 40%. Yeah. And Reeves, every time he was open, I'm like, oh, that's going in. And but he missed it. He it, missed it, a lot. People forget, and I was talking to my 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 AAU coach, Aaron Corsalt, one of the smartest guys in the industry about this. He was saying Reeves at Oklahoma was a scorer. He yeah. wasn't a shooter. He was a scorer. This is a guy that's a three-level scorer. People you know, always put this on him because he's 6'6", white, and can shoot, that he's a shooter. But he is a three-level scorer that can shoot. And yes, his his 30% from three last year was miserable. He had trouble transitioning to the league. I think that's why the Lakers are kind of going easy with Cole Swider. Because, yeah, he's a beast, Cole Swider. But they're probably going to take time with his development because they don't want that same Reeves situation where they have to throw him in there. He gets kind of confused with the, you know, the seven-foot wingspan wings that are guarding him and miss shots, right? But Reeves is going to be a 35-plus percent shooter this year from three. And, you know, for as much crap, and I am not a Lakers fan by any means, but, you know, not you know, bashing the Lakers, but for as much crap as they get to find an undrafted guy and 
for it to pan out to the point that he's, you know, starting the next season. Well, not only, what every year, dude, their scouting department is not bad. It's amazing. It is one of the best in the industry. Max Christie is going to take time. I think they realized that, and that's why they got Dwayne Bacon, Matt Ryan. But, um, you know, we have five minutes here on the first segment. I wanted to get into the Clippers. This is the team that is a championship contender. They're 14 deep healthy, right? Their whole roster is healthy going into training camp. I know the Lakers, it was Lonnie Walker, it was Troy Brown Jr. that were dealing with some minor injuries. The Clippers have a lot on their shoulders this year. This is the year everybody in the Clippers organization, they're all bought in. Farbaugh has told us many times that this is, shout out Farbaugh, by the way, legend, um, that the Clippers, they're all bought in. And Reggie, we were asking questions, remember, is Reggie Jackson going to start? Is um, is is John Wall going to start? How's that going to do for their morale? And they're so bought in, they don't care. I personally think if they're healthy the whole season, they're my team that I think is going to win the NBA championship and at least come out of the Western Conference if they're fully healthy because they have everything you need. Wings, 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 wings. They call them wing stop for a reason. Defense, offense, superstars, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George. Paul George, by the way, the most underrated player in the league still in my oh, opinion. Yeah. And it's not close. Like People are ranking him like 15th to 20th. The dude's like the 11th best player in the NBA at worst, right? 11th or 12th. Like that guy led them to the Western Conference Finals by himself and changed the narrative. Remember, people were like, oh yeah, playoff P, he sucks in the playoffs. Changed that narrative himself and people are still hating on the guy, right? It's ridiculous. But where do you see this team going into the season in not just the Western Conference, but the NBA in general? I agree with you. I So here's my thing with the Clippers. I think that their only weakness when I look at it on paper is if they play a big like a Jokic because I don't know how they would defend that and I know Zubat's great like he's serviceable yeah, but, but who's their backup who's their backup Abate, they're gonna play him at the yeah. four they're, they're thinking of playing Roko at the five yeah and against a Jokic that's good luck I mean good luck Jokic by the way was saying all the right things as well saying he wants to win championships with the Nuggets they're gonna have a good shot but like okay so how many bigs are there like that in the west Jokic, um, if, if I wouldn't not. say Cat. Cat, <laughs> yeah, no, your boy, uh, no, no, not Cat. What so- do they call him? Soft like Charmin Cat. <laughs> That's what they call him on Twitter or something. So, hey, by the way, did you see that? Shout out to the Cat for giving Jordan Woods uh, oh, the funding my for it. God, that was so cringeworthy. <laughs> and what are why? Why does that need to be made public? Why are you like funding her businesses? King, I mean, what did he say? King style. We can't repeat King, the King yeah. style. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this guy is a walking meme. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not kidding. And this is why I'm telling you. I think Cat is one of the most talented players in the league, but dude, he's the reason why that team's not going to be pushed over the yeah. edge as a championship contender. Like, I only trust Edwards on that team. People say they got Gobert. They gave up all their depth. Jared Vanderbilt was a beast. Beasley, mm-hmm. beast. All these guys, beast. McDaniel's going to take a leap, but still, that's why I like the Lakers more than them this year. Yeah, I don't blame you for saying that. I, I think that there's a lot of teams, you know, the Mavericks are another one like that where it's like, very good season last year they lose Brunson and then literally in their media day you have something pop up with Christian Wood where it's like oh do we have a little bit of chemistry issues already and on the flip side we mentioned it with the Lakers you have Pat Bev and Russ saying that we're best friends so that's great for the team morale. it is you know by the way speaking of the Clippers my favorite part of media day and um for for them and one of the most underrated aspects that I didn't picture with John Wall signing John Wall was talking to reporters he had a he had a storm of reporters next to him and Kawhi Leonard was like 10 feet away on his phone texting and he goes hey claw hey claw hey claw and he got Kawhi to smile he got Kawhi to kind of like lighten up and I'm like oh I didn't realize but 
I should have, like, John Wall's personality is going to help Kawhi Leonard be better I as a leader. John Wall is kind is also very disrespected. I feel like this whole team is disrespected. Kawhi Leonard, 11th on the list, 12th, right? Kawhi Leonard is a top five player when he's healthy. So right? can we talk about that real quick? Because I, I get it, but like, I don't blame ESPN for that one so much because I want to I want to see it again. Like, yeah, and he's coming off a serious injury. Yeah, I want to. Have you see seen it. his legs? Come on, dude. What was that? He looks like he has tree trunks in his legs now. He looks like he has Saquon legs. That's bro, all of a sudden. Yeah, one of the I'm, most I'm, ridiculous. I'm, Kawhi is going to be an MVP candidate this year, dude. I sure. hope you're right because the NBA is so much better with a healthy Kawhi and a Kawhi the playing. Playoffs Kawhi. are better with a healthy Kawhi. But honestly, <laughs> right? and we can get into this in segment two. But honestly, like. I don't think the Clippers are even screwed if Kawhi is a little bit worse and then Paul George is their new best player. Or well, Paul George, I think, is is Kawhi Leonard makes Paul George better, more efficient from the floor. When Kawhi Leonard isn't on the floor, then Paul George suffers from inefficiency. Either way, let's leave it there. When we come back, we'll be joined by Dave Smith on the mightier 1090 ESPN radio in Southern California, 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 760 in Hawaii. We'll be right back with the Arash Markazi Show on the mightier 1090 ESPN radio. The biggest pro football overlays in Vegas are back with 12 million in guaranteed prizes only at Circa Sports with two ways to win and no rate. Circa Million with quarterly payouts and 100% payback. And Circa Survivor. Select one team each week with no point spread. Take in the big money with 12 million in guaranteed prizes. Enter in Vegas, play from anywhere. Visit CircaSports.com for details. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Welcome back to the Arash Markazi Show, presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California, 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas, and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 760 in Hawaii. And every Friday on the Sports Map Radio Network, just as a reminder, if you have a question or comment or just want to win tickets to an upcoming game in Southern California, Las Vegas, or Hawaii, call our hotline at 310-400-0340. Okay, let's go out to the Sporting Tribune guest hotline. The Sporting Tribune is your go-to destination for the best coverage of your favorite teams in Southern California. Las Vegas and Hawaii, no paywalls, no ads, no clickbait, no pop-ups, no autoplay videos, just your teams in a clean reading experience. Stop paying a subscription fee to watch a commercial take over your screen. Visit thesportingtribune.com today. And here he is, our good friend, Dave Smith. Dave, how are you? I'm good, gentlemen. How are you? Where the heck's Arash today? I didn't give him the day off. <laughs> uh, you know what? Arash Markazi, the legend himself, he creates his own days off. He's worked hard for it. The man himself. Yes, more, more, more connections than anybody I've ever seen. But more connections than, oh man, than LeBron in the NBA. He's like the LeBron That's of amazing. Los Angeles sports media, right? 
It's amazing. Yeah, he knows everybody. Right. Kid. I know. He gets noticed yeah. in public and we're like, everyone's like, hey, Arash, what's up, Arash? And he's like, <laughs> he's, you know, he's like, wow, he's a celebrity. He was telling us one time he was with Drake at uh, some club. And I was like, man, you were with Drake at some club? Wow, it's wild. It's unbelievable looking at his picture book. It's just, it's crazy, the pictures of people he's with and the people he associates with. Oh, yeah. Well, Dave, I wanted to ask you about Lakers Media Day yesterday. We talked about it in the first segment. There's a lot of pressure on this team to succeed this year. A lot of people are kind of written them off because they kept Russell Westbrook so far. Obviously, that could be subject to change. But where do you see this team's outlook they have these things called grit on their rosters, right? They want to be a gritty team, bought in chip, actually, chip, 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 right? Like they have a chip on their shoulder. Davis says he wants to be more like 1920 Davis. Russell Westbrook seems bought in, although that remains to be seen. We obviously have to see a game. They have a better defense shooting. Obviously, they're lacking. But where do you see this team's outlook this year? What's their floor and what's their ceiling for you, Dave? I think they're a lot better. Um, certainly, it all depends on the health of. Well, LeBron's usually pretty healthy, but Anthony Davis. Uh, we've got to hope against hope he stays healthy because you know he's he's as good as he is. He's one of the softest players in the NBA, and he always misses at least twenty to twenty-five games. So he has to stay healthy. Uh, LeBron, of course, is LeBron. Still one of the best players in the league. But you know, I like their off-season moves. I know they're getting criticized for it. You know, well, they have four-point guards now, and uh, Kendrick Nunn and Westbrook and Dennis Schroeder and uh, and Patrick Beverly, but. You know, maybe if this were the 80s or the 90s, I might agree with that. But this is 2022. It's positionless basketball now. Everybody's going small. So I think having a bunch of guys out there who can handle the ball and create and shoot, it's a good thing in this day and age. And I can see a lot of scenarios where LeBron and AD are out there with three out of those four guys for long stretches and, you know, putting pressure on the defense uh, to try to guard these guys because they can all handle it and they can all score. 100%, Dave. And I think something that goes unnoticed is the age. The age last year, they were old, and we saw it in the fourth quarter where they were ahead and they'd blow a lot of games. They must have lost 20 games in the fourth quarter last year. Now they're younger. I know Patrick Beverly's 34 about, right? But, you know, he still has a motor. And they got younger. That was Rob Palinka's plan. I agree with you, Darvin Ham, great, motivated young head coach. I used to say once he could be like an Ime Adoka from last year, but obviously that's kind of, uh, you know, I got to stay at uh, that's uh, dangerous territory saying like an Ime Adoka. Hopefully he's not like Ime Adoka in other ways, but as coaching style, I do expect yeah. him to have a very positive, um, you know, uh, He's gonna he's going to be great for this team, right? He's a gritty coach. He was a gritty player, and I agree, Dave. This is going to be a much better team, especially defensively. And I think they're just playing with the chip on their yep. shoulder. Now, I wanted to ask you about the Clippers. We were talking about this in the first segment. Both Armani and I think that the Clippers could win the NBA championship this year. Again, a lot of them, a lot of people attribute them to the Chargers, and we saw what happened to the Chargers last week. Championship outlook, and then they just always choke, right? That's the kind of the narrative with the Clippers too. But, oh, man, they have, they're healthy going into the season. Kawhi Leonard, Paul George are back. Defensively, they're, yeah, knock on wood, right, because they could get hurt at any time. It's like Anthony Davis. Watch <laughs> out when he goes in public. Um, he could just fall, and who knows, right? Uh, broken ankle, out six months. But um, <laughs> the Clippers, man, they look like the team to beat if they're healthy in the Western Conference. Am I wrong, Dave? Well, you're right on paper, and you could we, we could have said this a lot of times in recent years. On paper, they look as good as anybody in the NBA and a team capable of winning a championship. Certainly better roster than the Lakers, in my opinion. Now, again, it depends on the health. Uh, Kawhi, one of the best two-way players in the league, top five player in the league when he's healthy. He's awesome. 
Paul George, you know, with his struggles he's had in the postseason, still really an elite, I think, top 15 player in the NBA. And they, their depth, they have a lot of depth. They can play defense. They can put the ball in the basket. They've got a good coach. And they, you're kind of reading my mind. I was going to bring up the Chargers there. Just no matter how good they look on paper, they always find a way to lose. The way the Chargers lose, now they got blown out by Jacksonville over the weekend, but the way they managed to give away and lose so many close games with a good team, it's kind of Clipper-esque. How many times have the Clippers done that in the postseason? The 3-1 to one lead to Houston, 3-1 to one lead to, uh, who was it, Denver a couple of years ago? They just find ways to disappoint their fans and lose all the time. Dave, I, I mean, I, I can't disagree with you there. I, I want to know, did you, did you see the pictures of Zion Williamson yesterday? Yes. So um, that kind of awesome. yeah, that kind of changed my outlook on the Pelicans because we saw the workout videos in the off season, but man, the guy looks ripped. What do you think the the ceiling is with that team in the Western Conference, the Pelicans? Oh, I think they have a championship caliber team. Look what they did last year. They started out one and twelve, and then they they had a good finish. They finished strong. They made the play in tournament. They win two games there, and boy, the the. the the defending Western Conference champions, uh, Suns, they pushed them to the limit. That, those were six hard-fought, bitterly-fought games, and that was without Zion. So I think this team has championship potential. You, you look at C.J. McCollum's just resigned. Brandon Ingram has developed into an elite NBA player, I think, which we all knew he was capable of when he played with the Lakers. But Zion is special, man. He is a once-in-a-lifetime generational talent. If he can stay healthy, he's, what, 26 points a game and shot 60% from the floor. And he doesn't have a jump shot yet and can't make his free throws and can't go to his right. He's really, that's just how dominant this kid is. If he stays healthy, I think the sky's the limit for this team because he he is awesome. I think you guys would agree. If you watched him play the year before last, uh, he, he is so strong and so quick and leaps so high. He is really impressive. I love his game. And you're right. You look at him at the press conference yesterday. He is slimmed down, and he looks great and ready to go. That's scary for the rest of the league. 100%, Dave. Probably the team I'm most excited for besides the L.A. teams to watch. me too. You mentioned uh, their series against the Phoenix Suns. That was another team. They could have won that. Yeah, Yeah. completely agree. The Suns got a lot of buzz yesterday. Obviously, they had the situation with Robert Sarver selling the team or in the process of selling the team. DeAndre Ayton's free agency that dragged out. So yesterday's media day, some reporters considered it to be the most concerning media day that they've been a part of because the atmosphere in the building was just off. It was just off-putting. Do you think that the Suns, remember, the number one seed from last year, do you think that the Suns can match that, or do you think we're in for a, a, a decline from Phoenix? You would think so. Um, you know, despite Sarver, despite all the problems with Sarver and the distractions, he's not out there playing. They're still a very, very good team, and they're professionals, and they get out there and play basketball. They definitely have one of the best teams in the league and a really good coach as well. Uh, you, you would hope that a uh, situation with the owner who's going to wind up selling the Phoenix Suns wouldn't affect this team too much because, again, this way we, we mentioned the Pelicans. They are really good on paper, this Phoenix Suns team. And by the way, back to the Pelicans here, they're going to wind up winning that Anthony Davis trade, I think, with all they got for him and Ingram and all these pieces. Now, the Lakers won it short-term by winning a championship, but long-term, 
I think this is going to wind up being a great trade for New Orleans. Yeah, and Dave, I, you know, I wanted to chime in here too. I couldn't be more impressed with the Pelicans. I see. I said in the first segment, I think the Lakers are better than the Timberwolves just because I don't trust Carl Anthony Towns, even though Edwards is going to take a leap. And I don't like Rudy Gobert. I think that was an overrated trade. They they traded a lot of their depth. Jared Vanderbilt, guys yep. that could be three and D defenders. I know McDaniel's is going to take a leap, but I just think the Lakers' ceiling because of LeBron and AD is a bit higher. But the Pelicans, I put above the Lakers. I really do. I mean, when you look at this roster, Jose Alvarado defensively, Herb Jones, a stud defensively, Trey Murphy, who hasn't even developed, and he's a baller, right? Yeah. Dyson Daniels didn't even play summer league. That's going to be their guard, right? Brandon Ingram, superstar, averaged 30 points per game almost after the after the um, C.J. McCollum awesome. trade. We didn't even bring up C.J. McCollum. Three-level score. Then Zion Williamson. And Valentunas is a 20-10 and 10 guy. Exactly. And then Zion Williamson. <laughs> Like you mentioned, Dave, the most efficient season from a, a second-year player in the history yep. of the NBA. The history, 65 true shooting percentage, 63 effective field goal percentage. This is not only a team that could comp- contend. They could win this year. I know yep. it's a bit early. Well, yeah. It's a bit early. You know, It might take them a couple years, Dave, but this is a sleeper team for the NBA Finals. Am I wrong well, here? There's a, name you, there's a name you brought up there that tells me you really know your basketball, and that's Herb Jones. Because... I love this guy's game. He's one of my favorite players in the NBA. You know what he is? He's the next Michael Cooper. If you're old enough to remember Cooper with the Lakers back in the day, who was the best defensive player in the NBA and a good three-point shooter and really a a glue to that Lakers team. They couldn't have won the championships without him. I watch Herb Jones play. He is a demon defensively. He can guard anybody. He can finish at the rim. He can shoot three. 21 years old. He reminds me so much of Cooper. He's one of my favorite players in the NBA. I'm glad you brought his name up. You talk about upside with him and Ingram and Zion and McCollum. I love this team. See, I'm completely with you. Herb Jones, like a next Tony Allen type guy. That's from my era. Yeah. Yes, Michael Cooper, obviously. One of the greats defensively. I, I, I can't agree more. And what, Dave, what have I said? Defense wins championships. 14 of the last 15 NBA championships have uh, NBA champions have had a top 11 defensive rating, which is why the Lakers should have never yeah. broken up their team. If Anthony Davis was healthy that year, they had the number one defense in the league, right? They should have never broken up that team. Um, I wanted to ask you now about the, about the 49ers playing the Rams on Monday Night Football. I know, Dave, you're a 49ers fan like me. Oh, Obviously yeah. a tough game Sunday. Jimmy, they, literally, oh, the Broncos did everything they could for the 49ers <laughs> to win that game. And, Jimmy, all he needed was one drive, and it just didn't happen. You know, the fumble, the interception, the safety. Well, glad he got a safety. It would have been a pick six. Um, they always own the Rams in the regular season, but I'm more concerned with Trent Williams out this next week, and I really think the wow, Niners yeah. are going to start one and three. Well, he's their best player. I would say Trent Williams. See, he's yeah. one of the great left tackles of all time. He's probably their best player. That that's going to be a huge loss. And uh, well, that was a frustrating game. I was 49er fans against Denver on Sunday Night Football. I still can't believe they lost that game. When I went back and watched it again, the way they dominated defensively and the way Denver couldn't do anything the entire game. To think that they would lose that game again. I know he's been to a Super Bowl and an NFC Championship game. I'm not a Kyle Shanahan fan. I think he's too conservative. Uh, I, I, he doesn't coach well in end-of-game situations. And, and he's not getting the best out of all that talent they have, particularly a guy like Evo Samuel. So I'm not a fan of Shanahan. Uh, you know, I actually, this is the one thing. I, I see your point. I do disagree in the sense because I think Shanahan develops players at an elite level more than anybody else in the NFL, probably. Um, you could say Bill Belichick, but now with the Patriots teams the past couple of years, I think it's Kyle. But yes, I agree. Too conservative of a play caller. Jimmy was slinging the ball in the first quarter. He was great. Yeah. And then he just started, oh, let's start running the football. Let's run up their neck against the dominant defensive maybe, line. 
Name me one other guy who single-handedly cost franchises two Super Bowls, two different ones. Just Kyle, Kyle Shanahan. They should have won the calling. Yep, they should have won that, that twenty-eight to three game. He single-handedly cost him the game with his I play call calling him in that Super Bowl with the 49ers a couple years ago. He cost him that game too. One hundred percent. I call him the best coach in the NFL till the end of the third, early fourth <laughs> quarter, and it's true. Up seventeen-seven against the Rams. Should have won that game in the NFC Championship. We would have won the Super Bowl last year against the Bengals, and then previous we were up against the Chiefs. Should have won that game too. 20. You know, people twenty-eight to three when he was offensive coordinator with Atlanta in that Super Bowl against the Patriots. His play calling cost him the game. And how many times, Dave, when you watch that game, fourth and one, fourth and two? I know they're at their own thirty-five, but when you have uh, Trent Williams is still in the game, let's just say at this point he was. Yeah, run up the middle. What are you doing, dude? I mean, you say all you want about Brandon Staley, and uh, he's a terrible coach, but at least he'd go for it on fourth and one when when you have momentum like that against the Broncos, right? So I'm more concerned about this Niners team that I think has by far the best defense in the NFC with Hufunga's you know, development yep. and yep. you know, Shavarius Ward, the lockdown corner they got from Kansas City. They don't even have Jimmy Ward or Jason Verrett yet. This is a scary defense. This is a team that should be competing to come out of the NFC, but they're going to start one and three. I mean, to me, I, I agree with you. I think this goes on Kyle Shanahan. They, they lost two games they should have won. One against the Bears, one against the, the Broncos. Am I wrong? Absolutely. He's too conservative. And he is he's one of the worst coaches in the NFL in the last five minutes of the game. The way he screws up his timeouts, the way he mismanages the clock, the way he mismanages from the sidelines, the, the way he's too conservative. Uh, he's the... He's a disaster when you try, especially when you're trying to close out a game late. Dave, I, I want to jump to the Chargers now. Chargers Pro Bowl left tackle Rashawn oh. Slater tore his left bicep, and he's going to miss the rest of the season. Oh God! There has been so many. Oh man, I didn't know that. That their chances are down the down the drain now. <laughs> there has been so many people that I've seen over the past 24 hours just talking about. Oh my God! Here we go again. Another season with the Chargers, and it's already it's already over. It's been a lot of doom and gloom, and and I just want to remind people this team still has Justin Herbert, uh, and I want to know your thoughts. Is it doom and gloom? Let's say if we no. if if we had a panic meter from one to ten, where where would you be at right now? Oh, I wouldn't be panicked. They're only one and two. There's 14 games left. Yeah. They got a good roster. One of the best teams in the NFL. There's certainly time to turn this around and have an outstanding season. I think it's way too early for panic time but uh, one thing can anybody explain w why justin herbert was back in the game when they were down 32 to 10 with the rib injury in midway through the fourth quarter why staley had him out there risking the whole season like that why was he in the game i have no idea it was one of the most mind-boggling things that i i can remember seeing in a football game and with staley i mean um, earlier this week, Sean Payton mentioned that he wants to coach again next year, and I, I yep. don't know if there's any connection with him and the Chargers, but that job, perfect fit. it's a perfect fit, and if Staley keeps doing things like this, it's going to make the Chargers' decision a lot easier at the end of the season unless they turn That's things around. Point. I mean, well, I would think he's. I think Mike McCarthy's keeping the seat warm for uh, Sean Payton in Dallas because he used to be a coordinator there, but. Yeah, the problem is you got to work for Jerry Jones, who's going to butt in and interfere all the time. I and Peyton's a kind of a control guy, so I would think Sean Payton or Lincoln Riley might be the next Cowboys coach next year. But I didn't think about that Chargers thing. That, that's really interesting about Sean Payton maybe going there. Well, not only that, think about this, Dave. The, now, guess who has to start at uh, what is it? Left tackle, Storm and Norton. They call him worst tackle in the league. 
Storm Norton. <laughs> you can just you can lock it in the defensive end getting uh, behind that guy and sacking Justin Herbert or getting close. So now the pressure. You think it's going to be bad with Jimmy Garoppolo next week without Trent Williams? It's a hundred times worse if Storm and Norton's your starting left or right tackle. Well, they they better put the tight end on his side every single play, exactly. especially <laughs> play. I mean, I can't think of anybody worse uh, of a tackle in the in the NFL. I'm I'm dead serious, and he should be good. He's six seven, like three fifty. But I mean, player development. And who knows? Maybe maybe the guy just doesn't have talent. Dave, I wanted to ask you now about the game last night. Two teams that you know aren't projected to do much by any means i mean i don't think the cowboys are that good i don't think the giants are that good but takeaways from that game with Dak prescott possibly coming back in a couple weeks yeah he might play this weekend according to Dak. who knows about that making that that quick recovery from his thumb injury but uh yeah the giants um they won a couple of games maybe they shouldn't have won to start the season I, I i doubt they will be 500 at the end of the year Dallas is interesting. As always, they've got a lot of talent out there, especially their defense is really good, especially their pass rush. So uh, Dallas could win the, the, the NFC East. Who knows? But they're another team that always disappoints, and they're kind of like the Chargers, and uh, they always look much better on paper than they really are. And that's a testament and a tribute to Jerry Jones, who to this day he considers himself a football man and a general manager. Um, how many – Playoff games have they won since Jimmy Johnson left or his crew of coaches left? They're never have they gonna, done since Jimmy left? Not well. Yeah, they're never going to win unless he solves the team. Um, Dave, we know about the Dodgers, so I'm not going to ask about them. We know what they need to do in the postseason. Wanted to ask you about the Angels. I keep asking this. I know you're going to lift the curse if they sell the team to Patrick, uh, you know, was, what is his name? The richest man in L.A., uh, Sun Shun or whatever. He might oh, buy the team. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, he might buy yeah. the team. Um, but Mike Trout has 37 home runs. He's fourth in OPS, even though he missed about 60 games on the season. 50 games, I think. Still has 37 home runs. Talk about the greatness we're seeing from Trout. Because everyone is talking about Shohei Otani's greatness. But I think people are forgetting the best player in the game still playing the game at an elite level. It's a shame Mike Trout had his career wasted playing for a horrible organization like the like the, uh, like the Angels. Uh, he's he's never won a playoff game. He's been to the playoffs once and never won a playoff game. How about that for wasting a great career? Like If a tree falls in the forest, does anybody hear? That's what you think about Mike Trout, unfortunately. You know, and I was of the opinion, and I talked about it with you guys, I would trade Trout and Otani immediately after the season then and do a rebuild, but I've kind of changed my opinion on that. If Artie Marino, after Artie Moreno sells the team, if you get new ownership in there and clean house, everybody in that front office has to get fired. Everybody, top to bottom. If you get a new owner and a competent front office there and a new staff, then yeah, then I would be lean toward keeping these two guys and building around those two great players. Dave, last 30 seconds here. I wanted to ask you about the um, the Celtics with Ime Adoka. Do you, uh, really yeah. quick, quick thing here. With the new coach, Ime Adoka, out for the season, what is their ceiling? Do you think it's still NBA championship, or do you think Ime Adoka is a huge part of that? Um, well, that's a good question, because we have no idea about how to... Now, say what you will about Adoka with his personal problems and off-court stuff, but he was a really good coach. He took that team to a new level last season. So, yeah, I just don't think they're going to make it again to the finals. I think that was their window closing last year when they got to the finals and, and almost won the world championship. I don't think they're going to get there again. And that's a very good question. They have a lot of talent. They have a very good team. Uh, 
Jason Tatum is a guy that isn't as good in the playoffs as he should be. You guys agree with me that he's a little soft, especially in big, uh, big time playoff games, and not as good as he should be, as good as he is in the regular season. One, but I, I think that window kind of closed last year. I, I can't, I couldn't agree more, Dave. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Thank you, Dave. Let's do it again on uh, tomorrow. Until then, this is Brandon Deutsch from the Arash Markazi Show saying stay safe and stay healthy. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.